You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Um, by the, before I get into today's message, uh, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for your financial support. Um, I told you a couple weeks ago that um, we've, we, we get about half of the offerings that come into GTF through electronic means, and so that's either on our website or through text giving. And uh, you guys have really been stepping up and supporting us, and we really appreciate it. But we also, I, t- I told you this several weeks ago, we also get the other half from services and people coming to church and dropping their tithes in the offering box or once a once a month we pass the buckets. And so I just want to encourage you to worship the Lord in your giving. And if you would like to know how to do that, there's going to be some information in our Facebook live feed. Um, but just verbally, I'll give that to you real quick. You can give through three ways. You can give on our website. That's mygtf.org. And you can click on the give uh, button. Um, you can give through text to this number, 806 806- Four two four zero zero eight two, four two four zero zero eight two, and you can text uh, give uh, with that number. And then the last option is you can um, PO Box four five two right here in Dumas, Texas. You can mail in your your donations. And, and then as always, we're here throughout the week, uh, Monday through Thursday uh, during office hours. And you can definitely just run up here to the church. And so thank you guys for your giving. We really appreciate it. We couldn't continue to do what we're doing without everybody's financial contribution. So just wanted to extend that gratitude to you guys. So if you have your Bibles today, um, open them up to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is where we're going to kind of focus this morning. And we, last week we started a sermon series titled Anchor. And one of the things that the Bible talks about in our walk with Jesus is that we do have an anchor for the soul. And, and as we began this, this series last week, one of the things that I kind of launched everything with is this premise is that, that in times of uncertainty, one of the things that we crave is stability. In the middle of a storm, typically what people do is they seek shelter. And so whenever you look at the Word of God, and we looked at Hebrews chapter 6 last week and spent a lot of time there, Hebrews ch- chapter 6, 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And as you and I walk this road with Jesus, we go through moments in our life where there is a storm. There is a struggle that we're going through. Jesus promises, He said, in this life you will have trouble, but fear not for I've overcome the world. And so whenever you and I go through those difficulties, then we have to begin to focus our attention on the anchor for our soul. And so last week, what we really kind of dove into was the reality of what that anchor actually is. There in Hebrews 6, where it makes that statement that we have an anchor for the soul, it kind of prompts this question inside of me of what is that anchor? And the anchor for our soul is the promise of God. You know, progress is something that's built into the gospel of Jesus Christ. That if we put our faith in Christ and His sacrifice on our behalf, then we will continue to progress into God's promised blessing. This is what it said last week in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. This is the anchor for our soul. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to, to swear, he swore by himself, saying this, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And that's a promise that is an anchor for our soul, that whenever you and I go through struggles and whenever we go through storms that this this life has in store for us, then we can bank on the reality that Jesus has promised that in Him him and in Him alone we will be blessed. 
He goes on to say in that promise that He will multiply us. There's this progression that happens in our life. You know, what you are experiencing in Christ right now is just the beginning. And it doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord for a long time. There's more to come. And so there's something in the gospel that God promises progress. Where you are right now is not the best it's ever going to be. God has more in store for, the, for His people than what we've tasted already. And so as we looked at that last week, the encouragement as we work our way through this sermon series is that we all are going through this struggle together, right? As we go through this pandemic, there's this struggle that we're in. And one of the things that I feel like that the Lord wants to remind us of is that Jesus is in this struggle with us. And as we go through those storms, as we go through those struggles, certain things begin to happen in that struggle. Certain things happen in a storm that, that sometimes cause us to question the promise of God. And one of those things that typically happens is grieving a loss. And so today what I want to talk about is how to really deal with grief and what the Bible has to say about how we can gain hope in the midst of grieving loss because that is by far the, over, the overarching thing that all of us are wrestling with right now and struggling through is grieving loss, no matter what that looks like. And as we talk about that, one of the things that, that I, I, I kind of thought about in, in preparing this message is nobody likes to lose, right? I mean, loss is not something that we enjoy. Losing is not something, and I don't know that there's any person that can speak to that better than my competitive wife, Pastor April, because she is a comp- competitor, and you don't like to lose. No, I don't. <laughs> and so tell everybody about, you had a story that you wanted to share with everybody about that. Gosh, several, several, several years back, um, our youngest, Emery, was playing on a volleyball team. And it was their first time, their first year to play together. And, you know, they were trying to um, learn how to work together as a team. And I remember every, I mean, we would go to tournaments and, and sit in a gym all day long and watch game after game after game. And Gosh, as parents, we loved getting to go see our kiddo compete and, you know, just give her all. But every weekend, it was like our team just would lose every every weekend. And our coach, we had such a great coach, and she was so encouraging. And, you know, we were sitting over off to the side, and we would watch her, you know, pull the girls up and just... She was always so gracious and kind with them and, you know, would talk to them very sweetly. And I would be sitting in my seat getting so frustrated because I wanted her to, like, literally, like, jump in the middle of those girls and, like, tell them to get their stuff together and start winning and pull it together. And um, and she wouldn't. She was always so nice and so loving. And, and so one day we were coming home from a game and Emery was just talking about, you know, how yeah, we, her, her attitude was kind of like, yeah, we lost again today. And I was just like, no, that's not a good thing. Like losing isn't a good thing. You don't want to lose. Um, and you know, one thing that we were seeing was that Emery was just having so much fun. And, um, and that, I mean, that is part of being on a team and in playing is having fun and definitely, yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, you should definitely have fun. Um, you know, but in my mind, you you should you should win too. You should have fun, win, and then have fun, um, yeah. because winning is funner. Um, it is actually winning is a lot. Funner. Winning is is a lot fun, but really, I mean, I don't know any of us who really enjoy 
losing or being on the losing end of something. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about loss. Uh, while that's, that's kind of a funny story, the, the reality of loss is loss doesn't always come in the context of athletic events and board games, right? It's like there's, there's some really consequential things that happen to us in our life where we lose something that we love um, or somebody that we love. And in that place of loss, there's always this sting. There's always this thing that comes in. So I want to just kind of for a second talk about what we know about grief and grieving loss and what we know from, from science and as you go through a grieving process and just processing your emotions. This is what we know, and, and, and we'll put this up on the screen for you. But here's basically the traditional grieving process, right? It's like you go through these five points of grief. Number one, as you grieve a loss, as you lose something, you're in denial, right? Like we couldn't possibly have lost that game. Or you get bad news about a loved one being in a car wreck. I mean, it really is something that, that, that covers all scopes of life. And in the process of finding out that bad news and losing something, you enter into denial. Then you go, to, go through anger. And, and you, that anger can sometimes come out directly towards the situation or even sideways and you treat your loved ones improperly because you're just processing through an anger that you're dealing with because you lost something. The third part of the process of grief, grief is getting into a place of depression where you really do grieve and, and sadness comes through your soul. You know, if you deny the, 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 the emotion that you're experiencing through anger and depression, it doesn't just go away, right? Emotions are real. And as you and I grieve loss, one of the, the things that we can do is recognize that it's there and embrace it and come to terms so that we can then move to the next place of healing. Then fourth and fifth, we begin to bargain, and then the last one is acceptance and moving on. Now, here's the thing about this grieving process that we know through science is that every single stage of this grieving process, there's something that we need. As soulish people, as people with emotions and people with real needs, there's something that we're craving as we go through those phases. And as you're in that phase of finding out the bad news of the loss and you're entering into denial and anger, one of the things that we crave in that moment is information and communication. You get bad news about something and the first thing that begins to kind of process is that, that, that loss begins to impact your emotions is what happened. What's going to happen next is like you begin to crave communication and, and information. And as that information begins to land on you, think about what was going on as this whole pandemic starts spreading through the globe. The first thing that we do is like, oh, that's just that, you know, that's overseas and in China, right? It's not going to be impact us here. There's this denial that happens in the more information that you get, it can shift to anger. The emotional response changes, but then you get to a place of sadness. And I'll just tell you a couple of weeks back where this really hit me as we were going through this pandemic. We, you know, we're kind of always looking towards, well, maybe it's going to get better here in a couple of weeks. But we got news that um, our summer camps were canceled. And so our kids, our, our, our uh, you know, junior high kids and senior high kids, even our fifth and sixth graders camps, they all got canceled in there. It, that was one of those days where it's just like this big bummer. I mean, I just, we, we've gone through moments over these last several weeks where it's like you wake up, and it's like, man, I'm just really feeling grief today. I feel sad about what's going on. And the thing that I want to encourage you as a pastor is you can't deny the emotions that are going on inside of you. And in that place, whenever you enter into a place of depression and sadness, you need emotional support. You need support from others. You need support from somebody that you can talk to and lean on. That's something that's godly. And by the way, that's something that's automatically built within the body of Christ, that we should bear one another's burdens, as Paul says. 
And so there, as you go through this process, as science tells us how this works, it actually is a real thing that the, that the gospel of Christ can walk us through. Then the last thing that we crave as we begin to bargain and move into a place of acceptance is guidance and direction. We begin to look towards tomorrow. And we want to have hope again that tomorrow can be good. As we grieve the loss of a loved one, as we grieve the loss of a job, as we grieve those, those losses that we have, we begin to hope again. And there's something in God that He always wants to move us out of a place of grief and sadness and into a place of what does the future look like in God. And that future is always a future that is colored with hope. It's bright. It is radiant with the promise of God. And so as we kind of look through that, that's, that's what we know about the grieving process from the world, right? I, I want to show you in Scripture what we know about grief through the Word of God. And so you're there in Isaiah chapter 61. I want to read this portion of Scripture to you from the New Living Translation because I love how it kind of words a couple places in this. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. Now here's the the awesome thing about this passage of Scripture. There was one day that Jesus was um, walking to the synagogue and He went into the synagogue. And as a rabbi, He came in. This was the custom in in those days. And you can read this story in Luke chapter 4. In those days, whenever a rabbi would come to a synagogue and he was a visiting rabbi, he was traveling from town to town, it was given him the honor to actually read the, the, the scripture that was being read that morning in the synagogue. And it says in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus took the scroll that they were reading and the portion of scripture that they were reading that day was Isaiah. And it says that Jesus, the rabbi, in that meeting, took the scroll and he opened it up and he found where this was written And he read this passage of Scripture that you and I just read, and he closed the scroll, he rolled it back up, and he handed it to the the scribe. And he said, today the Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. If there is a ministry that Jesus is an expert at, it's at helping His people walk through grief. What Jesus read that morning and what he said is fulfilled in him is that his people, there's this exchange that will happen that there will be a crown of beauty that will be given to them in exchange for the ashes. There will be a joyous blessing that's bestowed upon them in exchange for their mourning. There will be a festive praise that resounds from his people instead of a sound of despair. That is the ministry of Jesus. And so while we can gain a lot of information from what science tells us of how we walk through grief, this is the thing that I want you to know about from the Word of God is that Jesus is the one who walks his people through that process. He's the one who takes us by the hand and helps us deal with the denial. He helps us deal with the anger and the depression and sadness and directs our attention towards a hopeful future. Now, the, ish, the, the hard part of that process, it does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Processing emotion isn't something that you can microwave. It's something that is it's almost a slow-cooked process. 
where we have to allow Jesus, just like we were that song that we were just singing in worship, we have to allow ourselves to lean into Him, to get into a place of repose and faith that He will carry us through this process in His own timing. But this is the ministry of Jesus. I love how Jesus instructs us to walk this road with Him. He tells us to posture our heart in a place. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 5. This is, he's, this is whenever Jesus is actually preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and He's going through the, the Beatitudes, and He says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's His promise in that, in that Beatitude. He goes on to say this, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter evil, evil, all kinds of evil against you falsely on My account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. Now, I don't know anybody that likes to lose, but I also don't know anybody that likes to be insulted. But what Jesus says is posture your heart in such a way that whenever you are persecuted, whenever you are insulted, whenever you go through this grieving moment in your relationship with others who persecute you, rejoice and be glad. Why? Because I am going to bestow a blessing on you. I'm going to meet you in that place. I'm going to be in this process with you. And so no matter what grief you're processing through today, because I think that as we've gone through this pandemic, all of us are grieving the loss of something. And as you're grieving that, the thing that I want you to know today is that Jesus is the master of helping us process our emotions and grief. But not only a master, He's the one who is with you right now in the midst of your process. What I want to do next, I want to kind of pull Pastor Mercy into this conversation. And um, really, as I do this, um, Pastor Mercy, you, a few years back, you had um, you experienced some loss um, and uh, with your dad passing away. And would you mind sharing a little bit of that that journey as you kind of went through that and, and what led to his passing? Yeah. Um, so in January of 2017, um, I remember Bo and I had just found out we were pregnant with Emmy. So just found out we were pregnant with our third child. We didn't know what she, what she was. She was a boy or a girl. I was really hoping for a girl. And I remember going to Kansas City, um, that's where my parents were from, <clears throat> and we went up there, and uh, I remember having, it was my birthday, we were having my birthday dinner, and we had kind of come to find out my dad couldn't hold food down, and it was the first time I was hearing about it, it was like, what's going on? Like, he would, he couldn't hold anything down. And so, after that point, we were like, you have to go to the doctor. And so, he went to the doctor, and they found um, a mass in his stomach at the end of his esophagus, and the doctor was just like, you know, right away when that happens, it's almost always cancer. And he just kind of prepared us for that. So when they finally did the diagnosis, um, at the end of February, it came back as stage four esophageal cancer. And by the time they can actually diagnose esophageal cancer, it's almost always too late. You can they say one to two years if you do chemo. And um, my dad is about to turn 70 and they made just the really hard decision just to say, you know what, we're not going to do chemo. Um, we're going to do home hospice and we're going to, you know, end this journey. And so from there, sorry, my gosh. Um, from there, from February until April 14th when he died, it was like we started the journey of saying goodbye to my dad. And uh, I'm really grateful 
that we had that time that we knew that he was going. So we had that time. I was, I remember it was a really hard season for Bo and I because I was going up there every weekend to see him, to, to be with him, to be there for my mom, my sisters, my brother were going up there. And, and Bo was here with the kids. And it was a really tough season at church um, where we were. And um, just going up there and seeing my dad basically waste away. Um, every weekend was just devastating. Every week you go up and it's just a little more, a little more, he slips away. Um, and so we got the call and um, he actually had to go into a hospice facility and we went up there and the, the home hospice nurse called us. She's like, it's time. And we came up there and, and just held his hand. We sang over him and we just, we played his favorite songs, you know, and um, and we went home one night and he, he wasn't showing any symptoms of like the final hours and he just, he wanted to be alone, but he slipped away. And, um, so he died on April 14th. So from the minute he was diagnosed, um, to the day he passed away, it was nine weeks. Wow. And it was just really fast, really hard to process. And, and, and I was pregnant. And in that time I found out that I was having a girl and you have had all the emotions of like wanting to be so excited about, you know, being pregnant, but I'm like, I'm literally losing my dad in this process. So, yeah. So as you kind of went through that season and processed that grief, um, where did you draw support from? I think throughout, um, I had obviously my family and my mom were, were huge in that time. My family, Bo, um, his family was very present. And I actually had a friend who had just lost her dad, a really, really close friend who had just lost her dad the year before. And it was like, she just knew, she knew everything. She went through the exact same things and she walked with me through the process. And, um, so I think it was really important in having someone who was, who had known, who had gone through the exact same thing. Because some people just don't understand, like when you lose a parent, you lose, if you haven't lost a parent, you haven't lost a grandparent, like I lost my grandparents years ago. And so just people don't, they don't fully get it and that's okay. Yeah. But it's like having someone there who knew the pain and the grief and the triggers and the, the moments and the memories that were just going to all come flooding back. Um, and then obviously, I mean, the Lord, like I'm so thankful for my faith throughout the entire, um, time and, and knowing that, um, you know, you said this thing last week and I'd never heard that version of it, but in Hebrews six, where it talks about the unchanging character of God and his character was unchanging throughout that entire process. I felt his nearness. I felt his presence. I felt that peace. And yeah, that's awesome. I think that's the, one of the things that's most beautiful about Jesus, whenever we go through these seasons, is, you know, it's like we believe Jesus is here, but he sends people, yeah. literally people, to, to help us walk through that and to, to support us. And it's amazing mm -hmm. to see whenever he does that. So um, if, if you were going to say something, what would you say to somebody who's walking through grief today? Yeah. Um, Dory talked to me about this earlier this week and uh, just asked me to really pray and kind of stew on what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to um, communicator, what I could offer, say, to someone going through grief. And, and, and really, I think about right now, there's so many people going through different stages or different kinds of grief of what they're grieving over. It might not be, you know, a lost parent losing someone to death. It could be you're a senior grieving, not being able to walk the stage or go to prom or, um, even the little things of like, you was like saved up so much money to go on a vacation and you lost all that money. You couldn't go. Like it can be the littlest thing. Um, but I just like coming back to that thing that God's character is unchanging. And that's a thing that I had to cling to in, in that time that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his faithfulness remains true to us. 
And, I, I, you know, you look at Psalm 23. When I, I wrote that song that we sung on Wednesday prayer called I Believe, and the Lord never promised to take us out of the valleys. He never promised that we wouldn't go through valleys or go through storms. But that's why we have the anchor. His anchor, it, you know, there's waves. You're going to feel tossed to and fro, but you have that anchor holding you, keeping you. And so it says, it says in Psalm 23, you know, he makes you to lie down in green pastures. He restores your soul. He's yeah. with you when you walk through the valley. He prepares a table before you, but in the presence of your enemies. Yeah. Like he's not just like hiding you or taking you away. Like he's with you. So you're going to face trials. You're going to face circumstances, but he is with you in that time. And I think it's something like, even today, I feel those, those like, you know, pain, like the, the sting of grief sometimes and it comes through memories but but there's sweetness like grief isn't a bad emotion pain isn't a bad emotion I feel the sweetness of like my kids know that oatmeal cream pies are my dad's favorite cookie and I'll forever have that little like okay it's okay it's a little it's the little things are like they know that Stephen Curtis Chapman is his favorite singer because they won't know him they won't grow up to know him but grief isn't bad and as you walk through it I just want to leave you with that it's like Cling to your shepherd because he's a good shepherd and he will walk you through and see you through that valley until the end. Amen. That's so good. Such a great testimony um, of how Jesus is faithful no matter what and he doesn't change. He really doesn't change. And the the thing that I want to kind of shift towards, and I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14 and just kind of like we did last week and we're going to continue to do this is just processing this pandemic that we're in. And uh, especially for us here in Moore County as our numbers spiked last week, we got a lot of bad news um, health-wise over the course of this last week. And, and I think that if we sit here and say that, no, I, I, our, our common response whenever somebody asks us how we're doing is like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know, it's all good. Um, but I think that there has to be some honesty within us as we walk through this because this, unlike a, a familial death like Pastor Mercy was talking about, it's like that is specific to her life and, and her family's life and, and friends of her dad. But it's like we are all going through the same grieving process together with this pandemic. And so one of the things pastorally that I really feel like that God wants us to do is how do we responsibly help each other process the emotions of this because it does get emotional. There is anger that rises up. There is sadness that comes on different days. And, and like Mercy was saying, is like it doesn't matter what it is that you've lost through this pandemic um, you're, you're, impa- you're impacted by the grief, whether that is your, if you're a senior, if you're a teacher or somebody who works in the school district and you're grieving the loss of a school year, um, or it is the fact that you've lost income in your job, or heaven forbid that you've lost a loved one through sickness. Um, this is a time whenever we all need to begin to process that grief in a healthy way. And I really feel like that there's even this anticipation within us that one of these days we're going to wake up in the midst of this pandemic and it's like the, the, it's going to be over, right? There's this anticipation that things are going to return to normal soon. And one of the things that I would encourage us is that that's not a reality that we're living in. Normal isn't going to happen something, isn't going to be something that happens all of a sudden and it's not going to happen soon. Is that we process this and we do get back to work as events begin to open back up and even the economy opens back up, it's going to be a process. And I, I, I believe, as we're waiting to hear some news from our governor tomorrow, that that process is going to be a lot slower than we like. 
that it's going to happen at a, at, a, at a pace that we don't enjoy, but it's still progress in the right direction. And so I feel like that as we walk through this moment of frustration and sadness, that we have to look to the Lord. That, that really is one of the songs we were seeing, seeing again this morning, was that we would fix our eyes. Who is it that we're going to fix our eyes on? It is the author and perfecter of our faith. And if we continually fix our eyes on the things that are not going the way we want them to right now, you're going to continually be stuck in that place of frustration, anger, and depression. And what we have to begin to do is basically pivot our attention to Jesus and the truth of what He has for us next. Because we can experience life, as Pastor Mercy was just saying, we can experience life in any circumstance. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He, he creates a banqueting table for us in the presence of our enemies. There's this place that even though we're going through a struggle right now, that we can experience the life of Jesus Christ. And so we are all struggling through grief right now. And I think the thing that I want to kind of pastor us through is, number one, we have some emotions that we're dealing with. And to extend grace and to support one another. I've been, one of the things that I've been asking people, I've, I've done this with our staff and our elders. I lead a small group and we've been getting together on Zoom. And I've just been asking this question at different times purposefully so that we can process through the grief is what is the struggle that you're going through in this pandemic? One of the things that I want to encourage you to do today as a family, or if you're watching this by yourself to reach out to a friend or reach out to us here at the church, private message us. We would love to talk with you is to ask that question of somebody else and respond to that question for yourself. And so as a family today around lunch, it might be a great question to ask is, how have you, what's been your struggle? Because even if you're a mom or a dad and your kids are going through this grief process, sometimes we don't know what they're wrestling with on the inside emotionally. And I would just encourage us, that is the part where we do need support from each other. And there's a place that, that we do need to bear one another's burdens. So I just want to encourage you, check on the people around you. I told you this several weeks ago, is, is to check on people. And I want to continue to encourage us to do this because this, this process has been long and it's, going to, it's been drawn out. And so the longer it is and the more drawn out it is, the more that we need to check on each other, not the less. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is we struggle through grief right now is to, to, to remember the promise of God that His promise is that He would bless us and multiply us. But this is the reality of Jesus in this ministry, is that Jesus is drawn close to the brokenhearted. That's what Psalm 34, 18 says. It says, God, the Lord, is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so if you're on those days whenever you wake up and, and you, you roll out of bed and, and there is that sadness that's there, that brokenness that's there, know this, that if you will fix your eyes on Jesus, you will become aware of the reality that He is right there with you. Because if, if there's anything that we've learned as April and I have processed grief, is whenever we've gone through our hardest moments, that's whenever we've felt the presence of God the most is that God draws, he, he, he runs to those who are broken in spirit, who are crushed, as the psalm says. And then, so the last thing that I want to do is, I said that if there's any ministry that, is, that Jesus is a master at, it's grief ministry, helping people who are broken. And what I really want to do today, and I want to land here, and I want to pray this prayer in John chapter 14, where I ask you to turn, is this is actually how Jesus performs that ministry now. 
In Luke chapter 4, we, we kind of went through that story. Jesus opened the scroll of Isaiah that we read, and He said, This is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm the one who is anointed to bring good news and to trade beauty for ashes and joy for mourning and all those things. But Jesus, this is how He actually does this ministry in your life and in my life. It says this, And Jesus knew that His disciples were fixing to go through some grief. He was fixing to go to the cross, and He was fixing to actually leave. Um, for, you know, the rest of their human existence. And so he left them with these words. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. One translation translates that word helper as comforter. And he will send you the comforter to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And as Pastor Bo was saying right before we started worship, is there is somebody who lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit and His job is to come and render aid and bring comfort. That, that person and that support that we need, for, as, as Pastor Mercy was talking about, is He is near us. He is in us. And as He is in us, He longs to bring the comfort and the support to help us progress into the next thing of God, which is His promise and hope. And so I want to do this today as, as we kind of close out the, the live stream. I want to ask you to just pray with me. And I, as, as you kind of get into a posture to pray, I'm going to ask that Jesus would actually send the Comforter. I know that He lives inside of us, but this is what He promises, that He would send the Comforter. And Jesus, I just pray that right now, for every single person, every heart and every home that this is being broadcast into, God, I pray that there would be a rush of living water. That river that we call the Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water that are coming out of you and coming out of us. Lord, I pray that that stream would flow and that it would flow strong, that you would send the Comforter today. As people are grieving through the loss that has come through this pandemic, whether it is income or whether it is a school year, whether it is that they've lost loved ones, whatever it is that they have lost, God, I pray that you would begin to comfort us in a very tangible way. God, I pray that you would make us aware of your presence in this moment, that you would take away all of the distractions, that you would help us fix our eyes on you and what you're doing within us. And so today, Jesus, I just ask that you would do your ministry. Exchange mourning for joy. Lord, I just pray that you take that, that, that garment of praise and lay it on people, that, that a song would begin to fill their mouth again instead of words of despair. Change our perspective today, God. Help us deal with the circumstances that we're going through right now. And as that storm causes us to question, Lord, I pray that you would make every doubt dissolve and that we would plant ourselves in the truth of God, that you will bless us and multiply us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. We're really glad that you joined us today for the live stream. Uh, again, just want to invite you to come be a part of prayer. We're going to be praying together on the live stream on Wednesday at 1230. And if you would like to be a part of the Mother's Day drive-by photo shoot, that's what we're calling that, right? Okay, the drive-by photo shoot, then please message us. Uh, you can email us, info at mygtf.org, or you can private message us in our Facebook page. So God bless you guys. Y'all have a great Sunday.